0: for two, kickers are extra, I give them the boo, ooh, going for two, sit back, relax while I grab me a brew, ooh, now I'm reclining, I put in my time and I'm ready to go, my spine are lining, and much my my lineups, my bank account grow, I am so rich, but knowledge is all that I'm leaving it with, ooh, listen to this, multiple options, how far can I get, ooh, DFS dynasty, reader tonight I am not finishing last. I'm finishing past any and all I am looking to last. What else? This spot is popping and I am so locked in and only opening the door when it is opportunity knocking and all of these spots keep on talking and talking. So what are we talking? What kind of alarming and running it deep? Even players forgotten or cave the bottom or hitting the topping. and this spot is popping. Yeah, this spot is popping. And this is the young Yeah, Put up your arms. Yeah. Sound the alarm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: what is going on guys and welcome to episode 336 of the armchair fancy show i am your host of course jeff lambert and you can follow me on twitter at jeff lambert 77 of course we are live here every wednesday night on facebook live twitter youtube and twitch syndicated in all major podcast networks and of course we're on the new kick.com as well you can go check us out on kick.com make sure you hit that subscribe and like button when you're there on the youtube channel Uh, i'm here with my co-host mr ryan searfoss what's up ryan
2: Oh, I'm just enjoying the late start and glad we got uh, Doc here. It's going to be a good night.
1: It's going to be a good night for sure.
2: If I don't fall asleep.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Will guys be interesting? (laughs) Our next guest, you might know him from various uh, of the Going for Two live shows, uh, Mr. uh, Jim Ferretti. Uh, He's an injury analyst for Going for Two. He's also the author of Injuries Suck, But Your fancy Team Doesn't Have To. Uh, You can find that on Amazon and you can find the doc on Twitter at TFS Doc. What's up, Jim? Hey guys, I don't know what happened here. It's like the, the sun uh, <laughs> light just came out here and on, my, uh, on my light
3: here. I'm going to change is that, that is a second. It that, is it
2: that eerie lamp? Yeah, yeah.
3: It's, it's my seasonal effective light from when I went to medical school in Erie. Um, but yes, it is good to be here. And it is my favorite time of year because this is when, like, we're all degenerates here. Like, we're in the dynasty. Like, football never stops for us. But this is a time of year where a lot of people that have maybe taken a hiatus, they've gotten into fantasy baseball or they've taken some time away. They're coming back. They're doing their redraft leagues camps going on we're getting news every day injuries are happening and this is what i really like to talk about and help people navigate their way through like all the injury waters and and that's what we're here to do tonight so i'm really looking forward to
1: it absolutely absolutely um all right so let me quickly plug our sponsor we're going to be talking about our sponsor pretty much all night because we're going to be using our sponsors uh website tonight but tonight's show of course is brought to you by underdog fantasy check out their best ball leagues with huge tournaments private leagues and pick them to every major sport. Sign up using our promo code GF2 and get a deposit match up to 100 bucks. It's as simple as that. Use promo code GF2 and start drafting your best ball teams. Which we will be doing that tonight. We are going to draft a underdog uh, best ball league. Uh, and the doc is here to offer some uh, injury uh, analysis on some of the guys that get drafted tonight. Uh, we got a couple guys from Going for Two that are going to be joining us uh, in the underdog draft, and we'll go through that as we uh, as we do that draft. Um, and and doc you're just gonna kind of uh as we go through this you know any players you want to jump in on we got some injuries that happened today that didn't make it to the show sheet but we can definitely talk about them as well i'm I'm ready for everything (laughs) Let's, let's do it let's bring it on good deal uh first things first as always though we do our nonsense draft let's go ahead and do that first attention everyone let's mock draft all right, today we are drafting worst superhero powers. And mm-hmm. and they can be real powers, they can be made up powers, they can be, you know, however you want to do this, we can we can do it. Uh but Doc, as always, the guest goes first, so you got the 101 here.
3: All right. So, truth be told, guys, um this feels like a safe space. Like I was never really into like comic books and superheroes when I was growing up. Obviously, now like everybody's into Marvel Cinematic Universe, so I know some of that stuff, but I had to hit the internet and kind of try to find some like real bad superpowers. So I was thinking about it. I was like, I don't know. Most of them seem like they could have some application, but I came upon some gems. So (laughs) there's one, and this is an actual superhero and his power apparently is, it's from DC comics. His name is color kid and he can change (laughs) the color of any object. That's, that's it.
1: (laughs) I had that on my list as well.
3: (laughs) So basically they got together and they said, let's come up with a guy who has the same power superpower as the guy who runs the counter at your local Sherman Williams. So <laughs> that to me seems pretty basic. So I'm, that's going to be my 101 is you can change the color of anything. I, I struggle to see how that, might be applicable like oh okay you change the light red to green and you cause a car accident i don't know like what like how do you how do you use that i don't know
1: yeah there's no uh application for that at all i guess if you change colors really fast maybe it gives people like seizures maybe give somebody a seizure yeah, <laughs> yeah. why not? there you go so that's something <laughs> yeah that's that was on my list as well i, I read that one i was like really that's really a superhero power can't imagine how they would use that one all right, I'm up at the 102 here, and I guess this one would have some sort of um, usefulness. Uh, I just don't know if I would want to be the one to have this usefulness because, it, you know, you're not going to have any friends. Uh, but the power of stench just you know just being like a skunk and just you know just smelling so awful that no one wants to be around you uh, I guess you could <laughs> I mean, find I, some I, kind I, of use for that it's you, definitely you can
2: find some people like that under a bridge
1: I mean, <laughs> yeah you probably, probably could
3: talk to my wife about that after I have a kale salad
1: <laughs> yeah I just I don't know that's that that one stood out to me because yeah I mean I don't know how you're gonna be part of a, an avengers group if you' if your you know power is just to really reek. Um, but yeah, that was mine. There's a guy; his, his name is Stench. That's literally his his uh, superhero name there was Stench. Um, so that's my 102. Ryan, you got the 103 here. Uh,
2: I'm going the dude who's actually his power is actually super powerful, and like he is Black Bolt from the Inhumans, Illuminati. He he can like level cities with his voice. But if he's so much as whispers, he can kill a person and I can't <laughs> shut the fuck up. So I would be leveling cities and killing people by accident constantly. Yeah, and it would suck.
1: That's, yeah, that's kind of like the Midas touch, right? You just turn things to gold. You think it's good in your head and then you start doing it and everything you touch turns to gold. It starts to end up being a curse after a while.
2: I would just be walking destruction by accident. And it'd suck.
1: <laughs> For sure. All right, Jim, you're back up at the 104.
3: All right. So uh, back to the list here. I, I found another one that I thought was really interesting. So DC Comics, they had some good ones and they have this guy. His name is Matter Eater Lad. Yes. So not even Matter Matter Eater Man, but Matter Eater Lad. So I don't know if he's like Canadian or he's, he's British or whatever. But anyway, his teeth and jaws are strong enough allegedly to eat anything. So... DC Comics got together and basically they let Joey Chestnut join the Legion of Heroes, and <laughs> and that's his superpower. So I, I mean I guess that's something. But apparently I read a little bit more into it and they said that they found themselves like not really come on, coming up with great ideas for him to use his power. So I figure yeah you're going to paint yourself into some creative corners with if that's your superpower. Yeah, yeah that was on my
1: list as well. And the name is just terrible. I mean Matter Eater Lad like that yeah. was just a, yeah. an awful awful name. Um. All right. So I'm up at the 105, and this one actually made me laugh because I really didn't believe this was actually a real superhero. Uh, and then I actually read that, uh, that he had a small part in the uh, the the Suicide Squad movie that I've never watched. But uh, his name, I guess, was shortened to TDK, which basically he he's able to take off his arm. And use it like a weapon. <laughs> that's his weapon. That's his power. <laughs> Pull your arm off and just swing it like a club. Uh, I, I don't know if that's really going to be doing a whole lot of anything. Uh, like I said, apparently he's in, a, in the Suicide Squad movie as well. I've never watched that, but uh, he has a small part in there as well. Um, so TDK, the ability to take off your arm and use yeah. it as a weapon, just does not seem like very practical to me.
2: I literally was just about to go there.
1: <laughs> Were you really? <laughs> yeah. he was on my. He was on my list too. All right, Ryan, you got the one hundred six here.
2: I don't even know if this dude has a power, but like, it's a super villain whose entire persona is based around kites, and he flies around and controls kites. His name's Kite Man. Like, why? (laughs) So why Why do you exist? Why would somebody want this power? Why? It's it's not (laughs) Kite Man. Stop it. (laughs) It's like the
1: worst name too. We should have like another (laughs) another segment for worst superhero names because Kite Man is just so uh, so uncreative. Strikes fear into the heart of the city. Oh no, kite mans yeah. all, these, all these
3: kites are coming to get people.
1: Yeah. All right, Jim, this is your last uh, your last pick here. The 107. What you got?
3: Okay, so this one I thought, we, you know, it was like it's marginal, but uh, so apparently there's a guy. He was a member of the Great Lakes Avengers. So the Great Lakes, Ryan. We're talking about Erie. We're talking about <laughs> the the great, uh, you know, north north uh, eastern uh, northwestern Pennsylvania. Um. So his power was he could transform himself into a door. So you people could walk through him into an adjoining room. So I was like, all right, that might be useful. He could trap somewhere there's a fire or something. It's like, all right, I'll turn myself into a door. We can go through this wall. But he also had the power to transport people from one room to the other. But here's the catch. The rooms had to be adjoining. So if it was two rooms over, he couldn't do it. <laughs> so could good. you imagine it's just like, oh, I really want to get a beer. Hey, hey, doorman, can you uh, trans- teleport me to the kitchen? Oh, sorry, man. <laughs> the kitchen is two rooms over. I can't do it. Yeah, go to the dining bad, room. I could, but. <laughs>
1: yeah. So I think like, that was that's pretty bad. That is pretty bad. Just one room over. That's yeah. one room
3: only. That's it. If it's two rooms, no good. There's a closet <laughs> in the way. You shit out of luck.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, my last pick here. And uh, I got a couple good ones still left on my list here, but I'm gonna go with uh, this one. is the guy's name is Stone Boy, uh, and he has the ability to turn into stone, which sounds like it could be cool because you could be almost indestructible as stone. Except when he turns up to stone, he's completely immobile. He cannot move. So like. What the hell's the point? If you're just gonna turn yourself into stone just to stand still, I don't, I don't get it. I, uh, I don't know what his, uh, what, what he used it for, but, uh, yeah, Stone Boy, your superpower was pretty terrible. Ryan, go ahead and close this out here.
2: I, uh, I wasn't gonna do this one. We talked about it right before Doc got on, but it's too funny. On the show The Boys, uh, <laughs> there's a man named Love Sausage, <laughs> and he has this <laughs> super strength to his tentacle extending of penis, <laughs> where he can choke people to death, bust through walls, and it never stops extending. It's, no. Yeah. Not necessarily. <laughs> <Yeah, that's, laughs> I, I, Ryan, that's, I heard that's what you
3: did before you sold insurance. Is that any, any <laughs> in the truth to that? <laughs> no comment.
2: You don't have to answer that. No comment. I, I, I would have an OnlyFans. But let's be serious. I'd be making that real money.
1: Yeah, it looks like uh, Josh in the chat. He he saw that episode as well. <laughs> Great show, though. Yeah, I haven't I watched it yet. It, Ryan, was,
3: it, was,
2: it was crazy.
1: I'm I definitely going to have to check that one need. out.
2: <laughs> I had to look up his name, though, because I did not know that.
1: All right, so what we're going to do tonight, like I mentioned, we're going to be doing a best ball draft. Uh, as soon as Ryan jumps in the best ball draft, it'll start up, um, and we'll go ahead and get drafting here. So I'm, I'm jumping in now? Yeah, go ahead and jump in now. Um We'll try to get through a, a bunch of these guys. I got a list of 21 names, but we can get to a, a more as we go through. We'll try to get through as much as possible. Um, I'm just excited to get this free $27 prize. <laughs> That's, That's dope. Let me go ahead and bring up the uh, the uh draft board here. I think there is a countdown. I should have had if you start a little seconds. bit. Where yeah, is Jeff, it? You
2: should have rest a little, little bit. Tell yeah. us something interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, so
3: we got, we got a little, we got a little time here. So one thing that I love about Underdog, our sponsor, Underdog, um, but there it's a great site and it really helps you work out those muscles for you know your draft because you got to use your imagination. You got to kind of create these narratives as you as you're building these teams. It's like okay, well if this happens and this guy gets hurt, like who benefits? And you start kind of creating these stories as you build your teams. It's like okay, I don't think this guy's going to be good. I think this guy's going to be good, and if he's good, then this guy will probably be good. And you kind of piece it together. And I, I think that's really useful because. I think people get stuck in their pre-draft process where they're like, everybody's healthy and they say things like, Oh, I don't think this guy's going to do anything because he doesn't have a path to playing time. Well, this is the NFL. Everybody has a path to playing time because guys get hurt all the time. How many people got hurt in practice today? Like three or four, like one guy's out for the year. Another guy's out for a few weeks. Another guy's getting surgery like tomorrow. And like, he was fine two days ago. Like football's a dangerous sport. Guys are going to get hurt. There's going to be opportunities. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah. You're about to get out of that. Oh, uh, am I already on the clock? Oh, there we go. So, uh, yeah, right. you got nine seconds left. There we go. That was an easy pick. Justin. Justin Jefferson, right there at the top.
3: So, you know, other things you guys want to think about is like when you're when you're making a pick and somebody's hurt. What's the acquisition cost and what's the opportunity cost? So, how what kind of draft capital do I have to spend on this injured player and who am I passing up potentially to take that injured player? So, always keep that in the back of your mind. And um, you know, that's that's really like. Where, where to start with it. So using your imagination, kind of creating these narratives about if somebody were to get hurt, who benefits, like who's going to be better as a result of this and who's going to get the playing time, who's going to get the opportunity and what is it going to cost to get. And the less it costs you in draft capital, the more interested you should be. It's a lot more challenging to take a guy who might miss two, three, four weeks, you know, during the year to start the year in the first, second, third round than it does in the 10th, 11th, 12th round.
1: Yeah, exactly. And there's one player that went on uh, We're here real quick, and I want to ask you about him because you've said this a couple times on multiple shows that you're only injured until you're not. Um, yeah, Christian McCaffrey obviously, you know, had two seasons where he was basically injured uh, all the time, and going into last season, it was all about being injury prone. And now that he played a full season, it's like we've to- we forgot about all the injuries. All of a sudden, now he's like uh, going in the top, you know, part of the draft again. What are your thoughts on Christian McCaffrey and his quote unquote injury prone label that we've somehow forgotten about?
3: Well, I I don't know if he ever was injury prone. I think it was kind of recency bias It's it's more like the issue. So last year, even coming off the injury, I I was in a league uh, with Stefania Bell and we took him first overall, even though he was coming off the injury. So I think he still has the same potential to be that, that rock solid, like RB one who gets all the catches gets goal line is going to look really good in that offense, but he's still a running back and running backs get hurt. So he could do well, he could do poorly. If you think about last year, Jonathan Taylor was the one who was supposed to be the safe pick, and McCaffrey was supposed to be the risky pick. Well, it didn't quite work out that way. McCaffrey stayed healthy, and he he crushed. And Jonathan Taylor got hurt, and everybody that you drafted him, you know, first overall or, or second overall or whatever, got left with empty pockets.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to figure out how to go get the draft board up here, not this. Uh, I can do it on my phone, but I can't figure out how to do it on the. Uh, hmm. Let's see, is this it?
2: Maybe. I uh, uh, click on board.
1: Yeah, it's it's not up there though. I don't see it on my uh, on my PLC desktop screen. Plus that,
2: oh my God, yeah. for me, Jeff.
1: Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, I'll, I, I can get it on my phone. I just can't get it on the desktop. I would like I like to see the the, the draft board because I want to be able to recap it. I guess I have to do it from my phone here. Um, so let's go through that first round. Uh, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Christian McCaffrey were the top three. Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, and then Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup's one I wanted to talk to you about uh, a little bit, Doc. Yeah. Um, he's dealing with a hammy injury. Obviously, people yeah. are nervous. He you know, had an injury last year, comes back, gets a hammy injury. What are your yeah. thoughts? Is this a, a result of what happened last year?
3: Uh, I mean, I don't think so. I, I think, you know, it's football guys can pull their hamstrings. So he got hurt on August 1st. I expect him to miss about a month with this. You know, they're probably just going to hold him out for the rest of the preseason. I think there's some mild elevated injury risk, but it's not really enough to scare me at all. Um, you know, I'm even seeing him get pushed up in some cases prior to his injury where people were taking him second overall. And if they wanted to do that, I wouldn't fault them because he still has that triple crown ceiling where everybody else on that offense does nothing. Cooper cup gets all of the opportunity share and basically crushes again, even with the Rams not being that good this year, if that's the case. So I'm not really scared of him at all. They're going to stink so bad. He's gonna, They're going to throw the ball so much. That's what I yeah. mean. I mean, the Super I mean, Bowl looked like that. They just kept peppering him with targets the whole game. Everybody in the stadium knew it was going to him, and they couldn't stop it.
1: Yep.
2: It's a 600-pass tempting
1: if, if Stafford all Stafford's healthy. Style. Yeah, if Stafford's healthy, yeah, I agree. And I think Stafford's a pretty sneaky super flex pick as well. You can get him pretty late. I think he's going to be a, a decent play as well as a QB, two. All right, I'm up on the clock here. So let me make my pick here and then we'll talk about some of the other guys that just went. Uh let's see. I'm going to go with uh <laughs> my boy DK Metcalf and That'd you know what? Funny. I'll take the first quarterback off the board and I'll go with uh Patrick Mahomes. You really had to ruin my stack, you. <laughs> All right, so I got the board up there now. So the second round, again, this is only a 16-league, so this is technically still in the first round uh, of a regular league. But Nick Chubb, Amon Ross, C.D. Lamb, Bijan Robinson, A.J. Brown, Stephon Diggs, Uh, no real injury concerns there um, as far as those guys. Um, And then in the third round, we got Saquon Barkley, another guy that we kind of forgot about, you know, quote-unquote being injury-prone that we've just kind of been drafting as he's going to be healthy. Uh, Garrett Wilson, Austin Eckler, Jalen Waddle, Tony Pollard, and Derek Henry. I know Waddle and Wilson have both had some some uh, soft tissue injuries in in the in camp so far. Any yeah. thoughts on either one of those guys? I think Wilson's yeah. back. Waddle's still sort of sitting out.
3: Yeah, Garrett Wilson. There was a little bit of worry initially that you know whenever you have an ankle, you worry is it a low ankle sprain or is it other? And other includes a high ankle sprain and a mid ankle sprain, which is just. Uh, a nice way of saying uh, a high ankle sprain. So there's low and there's other, but it was a low ankle sprain. So he's already back. You know, usually that's a week, two weeks, three weeks max. Um, so not, not really concerned there at all. Um, Jalen Wall's got me a little concerned because they're saying the H word a lot. They're saying hope. Like we hope he's going to be back. We hope he's going to be okay. And that always gives me a little bit of trepidation. Um, so I'm not really sure what the injury is, but you know, there are muscles in the abdomen, you know, around with the hip. The, the muscles in the abdomen itself, you know, if you tear one of those, um, you know, it can it can recur and it can keep you out for a while. So he's just somebody that, you know, I've kind of backed off on a little bit, especially given the fact that he's going in, you know, 12 team leads to going in the second round or at least yeah. he was. So that that acquisition cost way too high for me, given, again, acquisition cost, high opportunity cost. What do you got to give up? A lot of other great players there that you're missing out on. So I'm definitely backing off at Jalen Model if he's going in the second round.
1: What about you, Ryan? I know you, you like Waddle a lot. Are you are you worried about all about those injuries that he has? Are you still drafting him pretty high?
2: I mean, yes, no. I mean, he's like someone protect, but more or less Waddle, it's I'm more concerned about his week to week hit or miss. Because he's fairly been robust on a week to week basis for fantasy. That's more my concern. So he's somebody I want to get with more consistent players, but being this is his best ball and small, I'm just going for dudes you're gonna hit for the most this year. And if he misses a few weeks, he misses a few weeks.
1: I've been I'm going heavy on receiver early anyways. Yeah, I've been going heavy receiver as well. I got auto picked on the Amari Cooper while I was a- a- asking and, that question. I don't know if I would have taken that, Amari Cooper there. That's a good. That's a good pick.
2: And Josh's comment about me not taking my hands so had three rounds of draft him. I'm not reaching on a quarterback <laughs> in a sixteen league. That's yeah. freaking insane. <laughs> let's be honest. 27 like dollars is twenty seven dollars, my friend. Twenty seven dollars. <laughs> twenty seven dollars. All right, to for that.
1: Let's recap the fourth round here. DK Metcalf, Ramondre Stevenson, Chris Olave, Jonathan Taylor, Devonta Smith, Mark Andrews. Ryan, I want to ask you about Ramondre Stevenson because he's been in the news, obviously, because they just signed um, Dalvin Cook. Uh, I'm sorry, they, they signed Zeke. What are your thoughts on that situation with Zeke being there?
2: Uh, honestly, I think it's kind of a good thing. The Patriots weren't going to just pound him for 250 carries anyways. They are very, very they talk a lot about his pass catching ability because he did very well in that last year. And the running back being involved in passing is big in New England. I think that's to a big part of his game, especially with that receiving core who there were beat riders who described as bad bad, bad, and worse or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm still in on him. I think he's gonna hover around that RB twelve range, like nine to 15. I'm comfortable with him. Any of those areas. One just distract me again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's part of his, that's his game. It's my game right there. Yeah. So with Ramondre, I'll, I'll, you know, I'm a, I'm high on Ramondre this year. And I think that Zeke, you know, every team right now, I think has the, the you quote unquote to. committee. So I, yeah. I don't know if it really hurts him Ramondre. It might yeah. actually help him keep him healthier, keep him on the field. He won't That's be a he will
2: committee.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I, you know, I'm not too worried about Zeke. Yeah. Zeke probably gets a few touchdowns that maybe go to Ramondre, but I don't think it hurts him in, in the overall sense. And Ramondre is still getting the pass, pass uh pass down work. So I think he's going to be fine. Yeah. And again, the thing you got
3: to think about is, is that when Zeke is there, like at least some people out there, it's going to depress his price because they're like, Oh, Zeke's there. Now I'm not so high on him or whatever. Well, again, let's play the game. What if Zeke gets hurt? What if Zeke, you know, pulls his hammy and he's out for a month. Now, Ramondre Stevenson's essentially got the backfield to himself, just like we thought you bought him at a depressed price. Now he's a rock solid RB one. That's what happened last year when Damien Harris was there. And we already saw that he could crush with somebody else there. Now, if you remove him from the backfield, now you really got something. So yeah. I think that's another way to think about it is like, we're assuming that Zeke is going to be there and be healthy the whole year. It's probably a decent chance just by him being a running back, that he's going to miss at least two to four games. So. So you gotta call. you gotta work out the calculus there too.
1: Yeah, good call. Um, so in that same round, there's a guy that we could probably dedicate an entire show to. Um, we go in with his holdout and his 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 whole thing with his contract. But Mister Jonathan Taylor also dealing with some injuries too. And then I, get, I heard today he had a personal issue that he had to go away from camp. Um, As far as injuries go, Doc, what are your thoughts on Jonathan Taylor? You think he's healthy for week one, assuming that he's going to be even on the field for week one? Is he healthy?
3: Yeah, I think he's healthy. I think all this stuff with injuries is kind of the same thing we saw with J.K. Dobbins, where it's like he's, you know, rehabbing his ankle. It's like he doesn't want to be there. He's having contract issues. He's kind of at war with the team and they're trying to, you know, out leverage each other. Um, So this is all essentially I don't really think there's any lingering effects from his ankle injury from last year. If they signed him to a five-year, you know, $90 million contract, I think all of a sudden his ankle issues would, be all you know, good. evaporate. So, <laughs> that would be uh, my injuries. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I don't know if he's going to be there for week one because I'm more worried about, you know, does he get traded or does he hold out? Like, this is getting really ugly. But I'm not worried about him from an injury perspective. If you airdrop him onto another team and he's going to play, I'm, you know, I'm very, very happy with Jonathan Taylor being my, my starting running back.
1: Yeah, Ryan, are you are you buying Taylor at a discount in some of your leagues? You trying to get him a, a cheap right now? I literally went through every league
2: I'm in and sent low ball offers for him
1: <laughs> in every single league I'm in.
2: I, I finished the podcast the one night, and after we talked about it, I sent out at least eight offers out for him.
1: Nice, yeah, yeah. That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it for sure. All right, so let's go to the fifth round. Um, we got Patrick hey. Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Calvin Ridley, T. Higgins, Jameer Gibbs, Josh Allen. Um, no real injury concerns there, but there is one guy in the list that I want you to talk about, uh, Doc, a little bit. Jameer Gibbs going, um, you know, top twelve in the draft. He's a smaller guy, and we've seen it in the past where these smaller guys can't stay healthy. You know, Detroit's done it a couple times with different different running backs. Any concern there with his, his height and size being, you know, getting a full workload here in the NFL?
3: I think that they're, you know, the fact that they spent the draft capital on him that they did, um, I feel like they're going to use him in some way. So it, it may not be somebody that they're going to pound in between the 20s. But if you have Jameer Gibbs, you don't really want that. You want him to catch, catch passes. You want him around the goal line. And I think that's what they're going to utilize him for. And so if that happens, he doesn't need to carry the ball um, you know, 250 times in order to pay off. And I, I think he can be really productive. So I'm not super concerned about, it. I mean, look at the camp highlights from Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn is smaller than I am, and I am not a large man. And, uh, he's, uh, he's looking pretty good out there. So if he can do it, I think Jameer Gibbs certainly can do it.
1: Yeah. I saw that camp tape uh, and I, I legit thought someone had like Photoshopped in like a toddler. Cause he just looked like he was so <laughs> small compared to everybody else. And he had that you know, that camp helmet yeah, that makes big, his head big, look uh, really big. big. I was like, what in the hell? And then I realized it actually was him. I was like, oh, my God, this guy is so small.
3: Those helmets remind me of, like, the old school NBA jam games where you can make <laughs> the guy's heads be really big. Yeah, exactly. So that's what it looks like to me. I'm dating <laughs> myself with that reference. But go, for, for everybody here that's younger than 35, go Google
2: that. When you get a chance. <laughs> God, I love that game.
1: Yeah, that was a great game for sure. All right. Uh, this Ooh, next one, we wins. got some Just sweat, Doc.
2: What's that? What's that? I said Javante Williams. Why? What's your thoughts with him? So I'm. I'm, If you would
3: have asked me a couple of months ago about Javante Williams, I would have had a different answer, because I was like, "This is a complex tear." You know, it's kind of like J.K. Dobbins all over again. They might say he's going to be ready, and then he's not, and you know, maybe he needs a clean up, and blah blah blah. So he tore his ACL and his LCL, which is what makes it a complex tear. You throw the LCL on top, that extends. Makes it a more complicated surgery, more complicated recovery. He did that in October of 2022. He's about 10 months out right now, and week one is 11 months post injury. They didn't put him on the pup. I was almost positive they were going to put him on the pup to start the year like they did with Dobbins last year, and they didn't. And they're even talking about him playing in the preseason. Yep. All of this is very encouraging. So I think they're going to bring him along slow, like they did with Saquon, like they did with J.K. Dobbins, and Piron's going to be involved, and you know all that stuff. But you know, this team likes to run. He's got like a seventh, eighth round price tag in, in 12 team leagues. I've seen him get steamed up a little bit to the sixth in some cases, but I think he's definitely worth a shot. And I've been doing underdog drafts with zero RB. And I think in one draft, I took him as my first running back in the eighth round. Yeah. And I was like, if he pays off, he could certainly be an RB one. He's still got top five upside and, uh, he you know, really, really encouraging stuff for him. So I'm I'm way more in than I would have been at this time maybe a couple months ago.
1: Yeah, I'm 100% with you. And I guarantee if he does get any playing time in the preseason, he needs one explosive run, one 20-yard one run, and his ADP is going to jump three or four rounds easy. Yeah, if, no doubt. If we see that healthy.
2: A year ago, he was RB3. Yeah,
1: that's what I'm saying. Like, like That's still in there. Yep, absolutely. All right, let's go back to the sixth round here because there's two guys I want to talk about in this round. Uh, let me just give the recap first. Amari Cooper, Travis Etienne, Lamar Jackson, Devontae Adams, uh, Najee Harris, and Josh Jacobs. It's those last two guys. Najee Harris coming off of what you we know last year with the Liz Frank and had a, had a uh, struggle in the beginning of the year. And then Josh Jacobs, not really injury-related, so I'll, I'll ask you, Ryan, about Josh Jacobs. But Najee Harris, Doc, give me your thoughts on his Liz Frank injury from last year, and is he fully healthy?
3: Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of turning into like a, a Najee Harris apologist because it seems like the, the hate has gone too far with him, I think. Um, so people don't really respect the fact that he had a Liz Frank injury that he played through last year. It happened in training camp and you know, he had a rookie QB, he had a crappy O line, basically all the cards were stacked against him and he still rushed for over a thousand yards and he had 10 TDs. So basically like that's his floor and barring another worse injury, I don't really see why everybody's so pessimistic. I I know people throw around like he's inefficient and stuff like that. Again, he was running on a torn ligament in his foot. So that should be healed. We saw with Travis Etienne a couple of years ago, the recovery rate for those where they return to their previous level of functioning greater than 90%. So I know Jalen Warren is there, but the offense should be better. Kenny Pickett should be better. You know, for where he's going, I don't know if he's got upside for to be like a top five running back but he could certainly be well within rb1 territory and if you can get him in like the fourth round like i think that's still going to be pretty valuable i yeah. know that's like a, like a not sexy take but you know it, it's production I and mean, opportunity and production are still the name of the game in fantasy football
1: 100 percent
3: volume
1: yep 100 percent me and ryan are on the same boat with you as well we, we're we're getting Najee harris wherever we can get him because he had a, a good season for was down as down as everybody thinks they were it was actually a pretty decent season last year, especially if you look at his last like eight games. He was like RB six over the last eight games. Ryan, give me your thoughts on this Josh Jacobs situation here. Wait, what do you think going to happen here? Dude, I
2: have no idea because you've heard Dobbins came back. Jonathan Taylor kind of back, even though they're letting him take the personal days and it looks like they're trying to move them. Vegas feels like they're at a pure standstill. And don't want to help at all. And I'm honestly scared about it for him. Like that Le'Veon Bell season is kind of shown. This dude had what 500 touches or like 400 plus touches last year, something like that. Yeah. Great. And I don't blame them for holding out, man. Protect your body. I know it never works out for running backs, but dude, it's I think it's gonna be ugly there. And I don't really want parts of that offense anyway. So I'm not. I'm not really willing to take the chance.
1: Yeah, that offense is going to be pretty not so great if Jacobs is I, not I, there. And
2: As I took Devontae Adams in this draft.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I really don't want pieces of this offense. I, I legit really don't want pieces of this offense.
1: Yeah, I'm with you 100%. All right, moving into the seventh round, Jerry Judy, Joe Mixon, Keenan Allen, TJ Hawkinson, Mike Williams, Christian Watson. Uh, nothing major there. Jerry Judy's got a little bit of injury concern, but I want to get to this next round here because this is the guy I want to talk about. George Kittle, Joe Burrow. Uh, Terry McLaurin, Drake London, Darren Waller, and DJ Moore—two guys there. One with a recent injury, Mister Joe Burrow, and then Darren Waller, just an overall injury concern over the last couple of years. What are your thoughts on these two guys, Doc?
3: Yeah, so with Joe Burrow, uh, he strained his calf in late July. Um, assuming that it's a grade one of the lowest grade injury, um, that could cost you three to four weeks. Grade two can be up to two months. So it's kind of good news, bad news. The bad news is he might actually miss. A couple of weeks to start the year and I know there was some uh reports of uh, Jamar Chase was encouraging him like take your time be come back 100 percent like be healthy like we don't need you week one week two against whoever we need you down the stretch and we need you going into the playoffs um and I think that's really good advice and that may actually happen but that's the good news is that I don't think um you know when he I, I do think that when he does come back he's going to be the same guy as ever for those money games uh, down the stretch and going into the playoffs so if you draft him, I'm still drafting him in the same spot. And if he misses the first two or three weeks of the year, I'll figure it out. Like, I don't care. I want him back for, for the money games when it really counts.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Ryan, if I told you Darren Waller's going to play a healthy 17 games this year, where are you drafting him in your, in your leagues right now?
2: Ooh, if he's playing all 17 games, and I can't believe you brought injury-prone players in that round and skipped George Kittle. We'll just bring 49ers bias after that, (laughs) but dude, he's the only. I've said this on this show. I feel like ad nauseum. He's the only person on that team over six foot. He's enormous. He's their. He's their red zone threat. He should have a huge year there. Like he's a top five tight end on that team.
1: Yeah, by the way, I'm with you.
3: I would say he's he's like right after Mark Andrews. If he if you told me like you got your crystal ball out and you're like he's going to be healthy the whole year. I think I would take him basically right after Mark Andrews yeah, and agreed. before everybody else, before Kyle Pitts, before Hawkinson, before Kittle, like without question. So that's, you know, that's the upside that you're shooting for. And, you know, now that he's going in like the sixth, seventh round, like, I think he, he's definitely worth a shot. Um, and if he gets hurt, he gets hurt. You got to figure it out. It's football, yeah, but it's if, it's if, football, he, if he's playing and he's out there, he's probably their de facto number one target. He's, he's essentially like East Coast Travis Kelsey.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, round nine, we got Brees Hall, Dallas Goddard, Aaron Jones, Justin Fields, Brandon Ayuk, and Chris Godwin. And that first name there that I mentioned, Brees Hall, uh, I thought it was funny. He's on the pup list. They signed Dalvin Cook. And all of a sudden, he's off the pup list. It's almost like yeah. he's like, oh, I better get back to work. I might lose my <laughs> no, job. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. So, what are your thoughts on Brees Hall? You think he's uh, a full go week one, or do you think they ease him in?
3: Uh, I think the Jets have aspirations with all the moves they made. They they, they want to make the playoffs. They they want to try to do something here with Aaron Rodgers joining the squad and the other guys. So, you know, he had a less complex tear than Javante Williams did, and he injured at about the same time. It was late October. He's about nine months out right now, which is kind of the floor for ACL injuries where teams know that if they bring players back before nine months, their risk of re-injury goes way up. So they're smart enough not to do that. Once you kind of hit the nine-month threshold, that's when you can really – start to, uh, you know, think about these guys coming back. I think they're going to ramp them up slow. They're going to do like, with, like they did with Saquon Barkley. And, you know, the thing with Saquon Barkley from a couple of years ago when he's post ACL that we forget about was after a couple of games, he really started to look good, really started to look like Saquon of old, Saquon that we saw last year. But he had that fluke injury where he stepped on the guy's foot. He sprained his ankle. His ankle blew up to, like, the size of my head. He never really recovered from that, and, and that was kind of it. And it was like, we kind of forgot that he was like on his way back. We could see that with Brees Hall, where he's slow out of the gate. And then as things go on, you know, towards the end of the year, you know, Dalvin Cook is there, but Dalvin Cook isn't exactly known for his durability. And then in the money rounds, you know, down the stretch, going into the playoffs, Brees Hall could be full speed ahead and Dalvin Cook could just kind of, you know, dislocate his shoulder. He's, you know, playing a secondary role. He's not really doing much. And it's all, Bree- it's the Brees Hall show and he's crushing it going into, you know, the the money. Down the stretch and into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a good call, Ryan. I'll get your thoughts uh, on the the side with with Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall and, and how that dy- dynamic works out. And and are you worried? I mean, Dalvin Cook got a pretty sizable contract. I think seven million dollars yeah, guaranteed. I think eight, yeah, I think eight, it's up, totally up to eight. eight. Yeah,
2: I th- think it's a full blown committee. there. they're gonna, they're. I think they ran the ball like a little bit over four hundred and twenty times last year. It's not going to be a I. I don't think their ceilings for these two are going to be high. I think they're both going to flirt with RB three, RB two, like low end RB two range, unless one goes down.
3: Absolutely, you just said it right there. Okay, it's week seven. Dalvin Cook dislocates his shoulder; he's out for a month and a half. Brees Hall is
2: is there by RB1. himself now, or whatever. RB one,
3: Brees Hall. Yeah, he's a top twelve
2: running back. Then. Bingo. That's and what he's me. That's what after ver- me. Vice versa. Either way, you're at their price; they're depressed. I'm taking the chance on Dalvin at their pri- current prices. Yeah, why not? That?
3: Because the opposite could happen, too. That's the whole point of the exercise, is if right. he's, you know, he's going in the fourth round. Now, I've seen him going. I've seen Brees Hall get pushed down into the fifth round. He's got top five upside still. Yep. If yeah, but- everything works out and it's coming in week 12, Dalvin Cook pulls a hammy or something like that, and now it's Brees Hall show <laughs> with a whole Fancy fan quarterback playoffs, back there, man. yeah, sign me up for that. Like, I'll, I'll figure it out while they're doing their committee thing till week six, but I'll take my chances if one of them goes down. That he really could, you know, you really could have something going down the stretch. So that's the exercise I want to encourage people to do. I see in the chat, I'm completely off Brees and redraft. Get back in, baby. The price is down. The blood is flowing in the streets. Take a shot, Not, you know? Never
2: never be off any player. Exactly. Yeah. Like everybody you know has. Players, we everybody has every exactly. player any has player player. a price. Yeah. 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 Like, like there's always a place uh, they will drop to where to they're back. worth getting.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, be, be off Brees Hall at where he was going pre Dalvin. Not now. But not now. He's he's dropped a little bit. He's definitely worth the price of admission for sure. Uh, and that team's going to run a lot. They want to run the ball, play good defense. So I think that's going to be a, a good situation to have there. All right, let's move into the tenth round here. Debo, Kyle Pitts, Miles Sanders, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, and Deontay Johnson. And the name that stands out to me is Miles Sanders, uh, picked by both me and Ryan to be a guy that's going to get a ton of volume this year uh injured already though that's going to be the caveat for him is to stay healthy oh. uh what are your thoughts on Miles Sanders going into the season yeah this
3: this one sucks because i'm going to throw a wet blanket on the whole miles sanders as a three down back like big volume guy so that was kind of the whole thing with him like he's kind of like a dead zone running back right like the whole thing with them is the way i look at dead zone running backs is these are guys that are like opportunity based and if they don't get the volume then they don't pay off right so where miles sanders was going it was based on this premise that he was going to like be a three down back, get all the carries, get all the catches. And now that he's got this injury that really brings a lot of that into question. So with his injured groin, they're talking about, maybe he's back. Maybe he's not, he could be out for the whole preseason, but are they going to ramp him right out of the gate and just all fire on all cylinders and he gets all the carries and all the catches? I don't think so, at least not to start. So that really throws a lot of cold water on his whole like outlook as being like this guy who's going to emerge from the dead zone running back area. So now I'm kind of out uh, at cost because I just don't think he's going to get the opportunity and the volume to start. And it may never come. Yeah. Chuba Hubbard may get a foothold in there and they may just decide that they want to run a committee. And then you drafted a dead zone running back and, and you know, you're crying in your
2: beer over it. And can I double down on the poo poo on Miles Sanders? Uh, Maybe it's from the preseason game. Maybe it's from watching Hard Knocks. But seeing it a lot, that Panthers offensive line is absolute garbage. (laughs) They were just getting demolished. (laughs) I will be surprised if Bryce Young survives this season if he starts from week one. And that doesn't make me feel good about a running back, especially on a team where you have no wide receivers who are worth respecting. It's man
3: it's, it's a tough. bad it's, it's a tough. bad team it's tough
1: yeah like, and you don't want to... six
3: round you know six rounds early seventh like nah i'm taking javante mm-hmm. williams i'm taking somebody out like i'm not opportunity yeah. cost is too high in that range i can't it, it's just jk dobbins is going around there yeah like, i no. can't do it i'll take the, any of those guys like we talked about acquisition costs pretty high opportunity costs very high there's a lot of good players going there and i don't want to miss out on those guys because i'm taking miles sanders and crossing he, my fingers yeah he might be my biggest follower in the last follower in the last month. Yeah. I'm kind of with you on that one. And I, and I like him and I, I I was, I was kind of drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit, but you
2: know, that, that Kool-Aid is poison. Yeah. That That offensive line is so bad. They showed on hard knocks where Quinn Williams had 11, 11 sacks in practice in one practice session. (laughs) That's insane. And it was every single play. He just blew up their guard. and was in the backfield in his face. It was so disgusting. Their offensive line's terrible.
1: Yeah, definitely. And and the thing with Miles Sanders too is, you know, changing teams, one thing that we always said when he's with Philly was his efficiency was really good. You know, I think famously two years ago he had uh, averaged over five yards per carry and didn't score a touchdown, which was like unheard of. And you know, he had this great efficiency where he can get fewer carries and still be good. Whereas with the Panthers, that efficiency is not gonna be there. Because you can mention the offensive line's not good, the offense is not supposed to be good. You know, they got a rookie quarterback. It's going to be a lot more tough for him to uh, to try to make things happen with fewer touches. So if he's not getting the volume, um, I'm definitely out on Miles Sanders.
3: Yeah, it's going to be tough. I see uh, Josh in the chat here. He said Brees Hall's ADP is in the third round. Um, I know an underdog, his ADP is falling. You know, he's like in the fourth, fifth round in some cases. So I'm out on Brees Hall in the third round, but I'm in on Brees Hall in the fourth or the fifth round. So that's kind of the difference. Like previously, you said I'm completely off Brees in redraft well completely off and off in the third round are two different things so yeah, agreed. That, that's kind of what we talked about with the opportunity cost like what am i what am i passing up in the third round versus there you go i'll buy in the fifth not the fourth all right well there you go now you're not completely off them so we he's, we're uh, changing minds we're changing <laughs> lives out there we're educating people I so he's it. at 38.6 right now overall good for you ADA. well Josh, just, just to be clear, you said I'm completely off free and redress. So that doesn't mean at cost. That means I'm completely off, means I'm not taking the guys. So I, I don't want to so, get into so,
2: semantics with you, but you, know, you said <laughs> not 38's still a little high.
1: Yeah, I think you know. What are you looking at? Which which site are you on?
2: That's on underdog, or that's on the four for fours underdog ADP. Hasn't it thirty eight six?
1: It's falling. It's falling though, because it was
3: end of the third. It was like thirty four. Yeah. Now it's going to thirty eight. Semantics, yeah. baby. man Semantic. That's what I do. I'm a radiologist. I, I talk through reports. Words are report, You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Anyway.
1: All right. Let's talk about uh, round eleven here, because there's a bunch of guys here that I want to talk about. Uh, round eleven was Damian Pierce, Kenneth Walker. Uh, Christian Kirk, J.K. Dobbins, Javante Williams, Cam Akers. We talked about Williams already. Uh, let's talk about Kenneth Walker and the injury that he had. And, yeah. you, just, and you had a note in the, uh, the show sheet there about Pete Carroll. I want you to talk yeah. about Pete Carroll, too. Never, never trust
3: Pete Carroll's injury reports. That's lesson number one of injury analysis. Yeah. Whatever Pete Carroll says, just completely discounted, or maybe even better, do the opposite. Um, but let's talk about what actually happened. So he injured his groin at the end of July. Now he's back at practice doing individual work. Um, and he's doing like some drills and things like that. And, and running is nice, but we need to see him cut and move and, you know, get get into some action before we can feel any sort of comfort here, because that's what happens with the groin. Like you're running a straight line. You're not engaging those muscles when you're planting and you're cutting and you're doing all the things that you want a running back to do. Um, that's when you can re-injure it. So the thing about him was he was risky enough when he was healthy and Zach Charbonnet was there, who parenthetically is going four or five rounds later than him in most drafts. But with the added risk of recurrence and the opportunity cost, like he was a fifth round pick and he hasn't really moved that much, despite the fact that he has this injury. At cost, I got to be out. Like, if his price dropped a little bit, then I, you might be able to entice me back in. But if he's going in the fifth round, again, what do I have to give up in order to get him? I'd rather just take Charbonnet in the ninth. And he's already, he's playing. Like, he's back. His shoulder injury is not a thing, as far as we can tell. Like, that's the way I'm playing it.
1: Yeah, it was funny because uh, we, we did a show when he was when they were both injured and the note on Charbonnet was indefinitely. And, yeah. I, and I said on the show that indefinitely could mean tomorrow. And sure enough, the very next day he came off of yeah. indefinitely. He was already ready to play. So, yeah, never trust Pete Carroll for sure. Never. Uh, the other guy I want to talk about, uh, Ryan, I'm gonna go to you and this one. J.K. Dobbins uh, finally reports to camp. Uh, what is your thoughts on Dobbins as it wheels up at this point?
2: I think it's wheels up. I mean, it's going to be a committee because you can't ignore Gus Edwards because of how well he plays. But if you look at the track record with offensive coordinator back when he was in Cleveland, um, he ran the shit out of Nick Chubb. He, when he has a horse, he uses them. And J.K. Dobbins, if Baltimore wants him to stay in Baltimore, they're going to give him the ball because he's electric. He can make great plays. He's been he's gotten healthy. I'm very excited about Dobbins. He annoys me more than any player in the league right now, but I'm really excited to watch him play football.
1: Yeah, I've got a trade offer out there right now, and hopefully he's not watching the show. But uh, <laughs> uh I got a trade offer that he's he's in the he's in my own Discord asking draft you know trade questions with our trade, and I'm looking at it like <laughs> trying to figure out if, if these guys are going to agree with me or not, but. I'm trying to get that Jacob Dobbins in one of my main leagues, so hopefully that. I
2: am more comfortable with him than any running backs that went rounds ninth, nine on in this draft. Like I'm more comfortable drafting him in that offense than a lot of the what running backs who went before him. Yeah,
1: like we talked about Miles like, Sanders. What about Aaron like Jones? Miles Sanders,
2: even Brees Hall, Aaron Jones. I'm I thought about Aaron Jones. I'm like I'm just gonna wait a little bit and get J.K. Same. I love Javante Williams' upside. I think he has more, maybe more upside, but I'm more comfortable with JK at this point. Same with Walker so and Damian Pierce. I think it's a nice floor play. But
3: speaking of guys going in that range, I want to ask you guys, you know, just to get a sense because I know I have my opinion, but I've talked about him a lot. But the guy going in that range as well is, is Cam Akers. So, what are your guys' thoughts on Cam Akers and and what you're you know taking out of like? There's been a lot that's been said about him, and it, it seems like people are all over the map on him.
2: Although for the most part, generally positive. Like, what do you guys think? Um, if he's involved in the passing game, in like, which I think he should be, I like Cam Akers because bad offensive line, Matt Stafford not mobile, he has enough the ball off. That's a good sign for Cam Akers in BPR leagues. I don't think he's going to be efficient because again, I think that he's bad all around on that offense. But he should be involved even if he doesn't get 220 carries because they trust other people in that offense.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I think he's going to be involved in the passing game. And, you know, we've seen Matt Stafford be a check down quarterback in the past uh, when he's with the Lions. A guy by the name of Theo Riddick, I think, once caught 100 balls from Matthew Stafford. Uh, I think Cam Akers could sort of be in that range. Not quite 100 passes, 100 balls, but uh, I think he can be that check down guy. They're, who's their backup? It's like Zach Evans. And there's another yeah, guy. Zach the... Evans,
3: maybe yeah the ghost of kyron williams i don't i don't know
1: yeah so i, I think Akers gets i think it's, it's going to be a volume play similar to what you talked about earlier yeah. with moss it'll be a volume play for sure i don't be i efficient. still
2: i still don't like his price if we're gonna be honest okay
3: that's see that that's what that's what i wanted to, to question
2: like, I, like if we're talking i'd rather take the chance later on on rashad white who is in a bad situation by now he's getting the ball or James Cook who's in a good situation and they didn't really bring anybody other than Damian Harris like yeah. three rounds later. Like I would much rather take chances on those guys than him.
3: I think it's an opportunity cost for me. I just want to touch on it real quick. Cause K makers is one of the guys I get the most heat on because they're like, Oh, you know, like, you know, he's, he's back, you know, he's back from his, so here's the thing. Like he had his Achilles repaired. He's never going to be fully recovered. Like his Achilles is never going to be the way that it was before. That doesn't mean he can't be a good NFL running back. We've already seen that twice, but not for a full season since his injury. Even last year, that points per game finish was propped up by like a 33.7 half PPR explosion in week 16. Those other five weeks between 10.8 and 18.5 points per game, which is good. But talking about catching the ball, he had 11 catches in those six games total, which by the way, is only 11 more catches than I did. So <laughs> yeah. those games also last year, they didn't mean Dick Stafford was out cup was out. Allen Robinson was dead on arrival. The whole team was in shambles. Baker freaking Mayfield was the quarterback for some of those games. And then there was that whole drama between him and McVay where it looked like he was going to get cut and they were going to make uh, what's his name? Uh, Darrell Henderson was going to be the running back. And now I think Darrell Henderson's applying to sell insurance with you, Ryan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but either way, there's so many things here that could go bad. And, and that's if he actually stays healthy, which he parenthetically, he may not, because as we talked about for the whole show, football is a dangerous sport. So, you know, seventh, eighth yeah. round, like all those other guys that you mentioned, I would take them. I'm sprinkling him in when he falls, just in case I'm wrong, but I'm not super enthusiastic like some people seem to be. So, you know, hate me for it if you want, but that's, you know, that's what
2: the doc says. I would rather take the chance on DeAndre Swift. I'd rather take a chance on Javante Williams, who are both going under him. James Cook is after him.
3: Yeah. I Rashad think I White do. is
2: after him. Like, he's at 68. These guys are all after 80. Yeah. I can't yeah. do it. I can't do it. Like, Javante Williams is 77 point. overall. So we're talking almost 10 spots below, nine spots below him. And all these other guys I named are more than that. I would much rather take a chance on any of them. Like, he should be below them. I'd rather take a chance on Pachanko at 90.
0: Yeah. All
3: right. Now, now you're getting a little out of hand there because he's not <laughs> back from his. Two surgeries that he had. He's not even cleared for contact for another couple of days. I'm still very trepidatious about what's going on there. Not saying he can't come back. Not saying he can't be good. Not saying he won't be involved. But I got to see something from him because his price tag, like he's in the same range, eighth round, something like that. Like that's way too risky. He's at,
2: he's at, not, he's at ninety overall.
3: Okay. Well, still that's still too much. Like opportunity cost wise, there's still too many other good guys going there. If it was double digit rounds, okay, maybe you know you talked me into it a little bit, but you know, I still have this belief that Clyde Edwards Hilaire is still kind of lurking. And if, you know, he's not ready and Clyde Edwards Hilaire is, is, you know, he's back from all these other issues, you know, he could still be involved. Whoever the running back is, is going to be very good. But if I have yeah. the option of taking uh, Isaiah Pacheco, uh, you know, from, uh, from my alma mater, Rutgers University, by the way, um, in the eighth round or the ninth round, or I could take Clyde Edwards Hilaire with my last pick, I'll take my shot with Clyde Edwards Hilaire and I'll figure out somebody else in the eighth or ninth round
1: there. Uh, all right, let's group some guys together that we have on the list here. We're just uh, going to go down the list that I got. So I got three receivers that are you know, younger guys that have dealt injuries there basically their entire career. Um we we'll just kind of group them together here. Elijah Moore, Rashad Bateman, kadarius Tony. Uh give me your thoughts on those three guys, Doc. All right, let's start with kadarius
3: Tony. I'm I'm out at cost. Like I know he's got the electric potential. You know, as far as like the off the field stuff, like I, you know, I'm not convinced that he's not a complete knucklehead. That so that's not that's That's not a, you know, that's a strike against them. But just as far as like, he's going to be one of those guys, like if he's healthy, like he could be amazing, but is he actually going to be healthy for any stretch of time? He may give you four games where he's electric and then he disappears. That's great, but not at like a sixth, seventh, eighth round price that I've been seeing him go at Rashad Bateman. I'm not really worried about him at all. Like he had, you know, he had his foot injury last year. He's, he's been snake bit a little bit, but the potential is still there. The injection doesn't really worry me. Like, I I think he's going to be fine. Um, If if something else comes out where he's, you know, back to not practicing or has another setback, that would change things. Um, And then Elijah Moore. um, I was really, really excited about Elijah Moore. I still kind of am. The only thing that worries me a little bit is because he had the rib injury. We've seen this many times. I've been on the shows with you guys, with other guys. It's like they get x-rays and the x-rays are negative, right? Well, rib fractures, if they're not displaced they're knocked out of the way really hard to see on an x-ray not a lot of people know that so sometimes you got to get a cat scan you got to get an mri to really see it and you find out oh it turns out the ribs are actually he's got four broken ribs or he tore cartilage and now he's going to be out for a longer period of time so we haven't heard anything there i'm not anticipating that we're going to get bad news but i'm also been down this road enough times where just because the x-rays are negative i need to kind of get see the player back out there, get some confirmation that he's not still dealing with pain, that there's not really something going on there because there might be. All right.
1: Uh, Ryan, I'm going to go to you on these two guys. They're, these guys are injury risks, and I can get Doc's uh, opinion here too, but I want your thoughts on these two older receivers and what are you doing with these, uh, Michael Thomas and, uh, and OBJ here, uh, two guys that have double injuries their entire career. Um, are you drafting any of these guys in redraft leagues?
2: I mean... At their prices, at the end of the ninth and tenth, if they fall past that, possibly. (sighs) Michael Thomas, man, I don't. (laughs) I don't trust him. Like I don't know if he's healthy. I don't know if he's ever really been hurt. I don't know if he's actually ever really been healthy. I know nothing about Michael Thomas. I don't trust him. He's very upsetting. Um, OBJ just because I've watched so much Ravens camp, like it's the only thing I do while I'm at work uh well no one I know watches, but like <laughs> all I, did, and he's gonna be a part of that offense. They love him, and he's gonna be the number one or two receiver there, so you're on the clock, healthy.
1: you're on the clock, and these two guys are the only ones available, which one you taken <laughs>
2: <laughs> Probably Pro- maybe O b j just cause at this point, I don't care as a fandom, even though. My brain tells me it should be Michael Thomas. I think they're kind of a coin flip. But, man, I think OBJ's on a roll in Baltimore. Fair enough. And like you mentioned Bateman before. I think Bateman's fourth in targets on the team.
3: He, I mean, he very well could be. And you could like, flop that and depends on who's healthy on what week. But I, I kind of agree with what you said. I think when they kind of – I'm not – going out of my way to draft them, but I'm also not avoiding them either. Like if, if they slip because other people don't want them, yeah, I'll take them right. because they could still produce like Michael Thomas could very easily, you know, recapture some of the magic of old. Like he's essentially poisoned the well. Cause he's been so bad for so long. People forgot how good he was. Yep. And the last time we saw OBJ, you know, he was winning a super bowl. So I know he's older and I know that it's an, like, these are unsexy picks. Like no one's going to feel great about drafting these guys but that's the beauty of it is they can still be really productive and when the acquisition cost is down then they become really valuable if you have to reach Uh, and you got to draft them higher then then it becomes
2: more of an issue unsexy wins fantasy leagues unsexy wins fantasy leagues. those those boring picks of guys like that of like adam Thielen's and like players like that they win leagues because you can play them when everybody's hurt
1: so, so, Doc, you got your book. I think Ryan's book should come out, and that should be the, the title of his book, Unsexy Wins Fantasy Leagues. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I want to get to one more guy here. We're going to skip all the way down to the bottom of that list because. Of course. Of course. I got to bring yeah. up uh, Brock Purdy with the elbow. He's fully cleared now, yeah. he's practicing. I'm not so much worried about him as a fantasy option. I'm more worried about the pieces around him. Uh, any worry with Brock Purdy re injuring that elbow?
3: Uh, not really. I mean, it's basically, it's like, I don't think he's at any more risk than anybody else in the NFL. I mean, um, Josh Allen came really close to having the exact same injury. I mean, we're talking about like a couple more millimeters or, uh, you know, Jack Nicholson from The Shining, a couple extra pounds per square inch, per square inch. <laughs> and he tears his elbow ligament the exact same way. Um, so, you know, football's a dangerous sport. You know, he cocks his arm back, somebody hits him the same way, he could tear it again. But, As far as him throwing the football delivering the football it's not like a pitcher where they have to go through this extensive rehab it's a different throwing motion different mechanics i think he's going to be fine i think he's going to be really productive in that offense and i think he could you know surprise some people and and carry forward some of that success because they don't ask him to do that much like and what they ask him to do he's really good at yeah so he could lead that offense really well and just to tie into that is Trey Lance. I don't think Trey Lance is a bad football player by any way, stretch, or form. I just don't think he's a good fit for that offense. And I think the coaches, uh, there may be personality issues there, whatever, there were ego issues, whatever. But I don't think it has to do with his football acumen. If you airdrop Trey Lance onto another team, I think he's basically like Justin Fields' light. Um, but on the 49 it's just not going to work. It's just not going to work. It's, it's like a bad relationship. They just need to go their separate ways and you know i wish them both happiness in the future but it's not gonna work
2: it's not gonna work out for either of them together
1: yeah absolutely it's
2: not like you traded it's not like the 49ers traded Jalen waddle tyreek hill and bradley Chubb for him well you know, but they know. got
3: brock purdy so it's like it works out <laughs> it you know sometimes out. you like you find yourself in a good place and you don't know how you got there you know that sounds yeah. like a lot of nights in college when I stumbled home drunk from the bars you know it's like oh I made it home I don't know how it happened but I'm but I'm here yeah Um,
1: it all works out the cost has has been paid now it's all about just exactly whatever we can get and and yeah for what it's worth I I don't think Shanahan wanted Trey Lance I think Lance was forced upon him I think he wanted Mac Jones honestly and I think Mac Jones fits more of what Shanahan would want to do very similar quarterback to Brock Purdy just do what you're told just (laughs) do This is where the read goes. Throw the ball there uh, with with timing and and things will, good things will happen. I think Trey Lance well,
2: McCorkle, McCorkle would have thrived.
1: Yeah, I think he would have been good there. I, I didn't want him. I, I was very much on record saying I did not want Mac Jones. Uh, I know you did because
2: I kept I saying that. that. Yeah. that. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, all right, let's get to our uh, last segment of the night. Get ready for, going for two dot coms. Forgotten Fantasy Player of the Week. All right, Doc, I don't know if you've been on since we've changed this segment.
3: Oh, you know, what are you guys talking about? I watch every week. I comment <laughs> on the shows. It's like, I'm
1: here, baby. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, I'm, I'm really curious to hear what your forgotten fantasy player is. What are your hints to give us here?
3: Okay, cool. Well, before we do that, can I just throw one more bounce back out there, like sure. injury-wise? Like, maybe we get to some at the end if we want. But I, I want to mention this guy. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention him. Gabe Davis. So he had a high ankle sprain last year. I think it affected him all year. Josh Allen's UCL injury definitely affected his ability to throw the deep ball at the end of the year. So both of those things kind of combined to have an impact on his whole game. And everybody's just out on him. They're like, he sucks. Like, this is the same guy two years ago that caught four touchdowns in a playoff game and was getting steamed up to, like, the third and fourth round in underdog drafts. He could easily bounce back on that offense. Like, I want pieces of that Buffalo offense. I don't care who it is. Like, give me whoever but definitely give me Gabe Davis at a depressed price because he could easily bounce back and be a wide receiver too this year. Okay. Yeah. Boom. Gabe Davis love festival.
1: (laughs) I, I agree there. I just want to chime in. I think last year we were drafting him too high. I think this year they're drafting him too low. I think he's somewhere in the middle um i, I think he he's still a good player i know ryan's not a fan of gabe davis but no i, I
2: like i love his price now Yeah, his price i sland, I, slandered now. I slandered him last year yeah, yeah. and and right like, I, spent my t- because I spent my entire offseason slandering right the price <laughs> is he's
3: like the poster child for recency bias yep. like you know yep. like last year the price is too high now the price is too low so now's when you buy
1: yep hundred percent.
3: okay so here we go so first hint he played for the Alabama Crimson Tide and was drafted in the fourth round of the 2007 NFL Draft. Eddie Lacy.
2: No. Okay. Two.
0: Moving it's on. Okay. He was
3: a two-time Pro Bowler in 2008
2: and 2009. So. Ron Dane. No.
1: Decent guest, though.
3: He played for the Chiefs, Chargers, and Ravens in his
1: career. In that order, or that's just you just gave us the teams. I just gave you the teams, okay. that so was like
0: Chiefs, Chargers,
2: Ravens. I Chiefs should Chargers. now I'm upset that I don't know immediately.
1: Oh, you know, I suck at colleges, so that college can't did nothing. No, to uh, me
2: too. <laughs> the, the, not knowing the positions really hurting me because I just keep you under running backs. This Alabama, yeah, that's
1: what I keep thinking too. I'm thinking running backs as well. All right, you want another hint? Yeah, yeah, give us okay. one more.
3: He led his team in rushing in 2008 with 902 yards and 10 touchdowns on 232 carries, despite not being drafted as a running back.
1: That should help. I got to think. Does it?
2: Ooh, I stumped you guys. I'm glad.
1: Did. Yeah, this is a good one. Was not drafted as a running back.
2: What were the teams again? McClay. It is
1: LeRon McLean. Oh, nice! Boom! Oh, nice.
2: Hold that, baby.
1: <laughs> nice, <laughs> good so, stuff. You
3: know, in a week, the next hint was in a Week 16 game versus Dallas on December 20, 2008. He rushed for 139 yards and an 82-yard touchdown run to close out the game. And he, along with teammate Willis McGee, he became the first players in NFL history to rush for 70-plus touchdown, 70-plus yard touchdowns on consecutive drives.
1: Oh, wow! That's a good one. I don't think We've never even had Leron McClain even mentioned, even when we did just the regular Forgotten Fantasy player. Yeah, no, it's because
2: he's a fullback.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. We've had three fullbacks this year with this. We had, oh, I, I didn't, I didn't know that. No, but, uh, that, that's I like good. It. Cause we didn't get a lot of fullbacks previous. We had I, I, that was good. I, I,
3: Ryan, would you, if you hadn't, if you hadn't gotten it on that hint, would you have gotten it with the, with the one about the Dallas game in 2000? Honestly, no. Oh, wow. Okay. But
2: I, th- I thought that one was just, it was working through it. I'm like going through like rifling through Ravens backs. His stats from that year's are giving up to me.
3: It Mm. was ridiculous. On
2: a personal note, that 82-yard touchdown
3: run was in the championship week of 2008, and he was my running back two who I picked up off the waiver wire earlier because I was desperate for a running back, and that touchdown run put me over the top and won me the championship. So on a personal note, Ron Dane will always have uh, a special place in my, uh, not Ron Dane, Ron Dane as well, but a different story. But Ron McLean will
2: always have a special place in my heart for that uh, for that game.
1: That was that was my a good name one with
2: the fucking Wisconsin and I'm an idiot. Yes, he did. Uh, that I, I knew that.
1: <laughs> I saw the color
2: like the team colors were the same, like it just I'm just like hanging up through people. <laughs>
1: like I said, the college is nothing for me. When you do give me the colleges, I just throw it out. It's not even a hint anymore. I if you no guys idea. didn't get
3: that one, the last hint was his cousin Rolando McLean played as a linebacker <laughs> in the NFL. So if you didn't get it then, yeah, right, we like, I, I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we were hopeless at that point. Good stuff. All right. That wraps the podcast up, Doc. uh, Thank you once again for coming on. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, If you want to quickly plug uh, plug your book one more time and get us where we can follow you on Twitter.
3: Yeah, for sure. Well, guys, this this is great. Um, So aside from the book, I'm going to plug something even better. I am actually running the injury channel on the going for two discord and I'm there all year. And that is the play. I check that multiple times a day. So if you have injury questions, find me there. The Doc's Injury Channel on the Going For Two Discord. It's free to join. You know, and you have basically have access to me. There's nobody else. It's just me, the Doc, running the Injury Channel. If nobody has questions, that's cool. Like, I got other stuff to do. But if you got questions, then drop them. I work nights, so you might get an answer at 3 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) But I do check it multiple times a day. So whatever the questions are, especially as, you know, training camp ramps up and the season ramps up, then um you know that's where you can find me. You can find me marginally on Twitter. I'm trying to lower my Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it intake, <laughs> um, trying to bring more positivity in my life. But I'm at TF TFS Doc uh, on Twitter, the Fantasy Sports Doc. And if you like uh, the content that you saw here today, if you like my, my takes on injury analysis and really trying to help you get better at injury analysis, then check out my book and support me that way. It's available on Amazon. It's available on Audible and audio form. It's called Injuries Suck, but your fantasy team doesn't have to. And um, I hope it's something that you check out. And, and my whole goal is to make injury analysis attainable for you, give you some tools to really help you beat up on your league mates, win some championships. That's what I'm all about. So that's it. And, and thank you guys again. It's always a pleasure to be on here and, and um, to be on the
2: Armchair Show. And,
1: and I had a lot of fun. So, so thanks for having me. Absolutely. Brian, what you got going on?
2: Oh, same old, same old. Twitter, our fos, uh, Foss Five Three Four. I'm actually active now. It's football season. Uh, fine. I, I normally it's just draft season, but football season, when winning made the stuff. So that's fine. But it's uh, mainly find me on there. Find me here Wednesday nights. Find me over at the Dynasty Big Board podcast. Where we talk everything Dynasty and nonsense.
1: Good stuff. As always, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at JeffLambert77, or you can follow me on X. I guess I got to get used to saying X and not Twitter. I refuse to do it. No, no, not, yeah, don't, don't give do it. in. Do not, don't give do,
2: it. in. Don't do not give do in. Yeah, don't do quit, the, it. quit being a
1: follower. The, the, the URL yeah. is still twitter.com, <laughs> so it's free. There you go. <laughs> until, until they <laughs> change that, it's still Twitter. You still Twitter. need black, backslashes when you give email addresses. <laughs> <laughs> go find me on threads, the same the same one. At, <laughs> oh, at, at JeffLambert77. Oh, oh, okay, just close the show.
2: It's <laughs> done. All right, No no one cares
1: about threads. Uh, Doc, uh, plug the Discord already. Definitely go check that out, guys. There's a lot of good things going on over there. You can find it uh, in my Twitter profile. You can also find it uh, at goingfor2.com. There's a little link at the bottom. Um, So go check that out. Got some good things going on over there. Um, For Ryan, for Jim, I'm Jeff, and we will see y'all next week.